largely in my life at that time. So there was a lot of racial tension within our environment and within our school, too. I'll give you a metric on where this was. When John Kennedy was assassinated and they broadcast the news over the PA system in our high school, a cheer went up. Our parents were shocked by that, by the, the fact that their children would do that, would raise up a cheer. But that's an indicator of where things were at the time. So, enter forced integration in the school and Kirby Green in my homeroom in classes. And I, I think largely my motivation for this was to show off for friends. I don't know fully what my motivations were, but none of them were high-minded. None of them were good or kind. They were selfish, and they were cowardly. So one day in chemistry class, our chemistry classroom had an adjacent chemistry lab, and I went into the chemistry lab. I was the only one in there, and Kirby had a sweater laying over a lab stool. I picked up some sulfuric acid and poured a small amount on Kirby's sweater and burned a hole in it. I was caught. This wasn't premeditated, it was just an impulsive act. I was caught, my parents and I had to go before the principal and the assistant principal, and Kirby and his mother had to come to school. We all met together. I issued a perfunctory apology to Kirby, and I had to work to buy him a new sweater. And I was suspended. It didn't mean a whole lot to me at the time. Um, it didn't really change my views on race. <clears throat> I just went on from there. Fast forward to approximately 20 years ago, and at Lake Logan, our conference center, there was a Healing Winds conference, and the the subject for the three-day conference was generational healing. And so, as I'm working on a family tree and looking at the issues within my family, the blessings within my family, and the, the burdens and the sins within my family, the issue of race is brought to my mind. And Kirby comes to mind. So I'm praying that these things would be broken within my life, that forgiveness of what I had done, that the Lord would grant that forgiveness, and that these attitudes, traits, and behaviors would not be passed on in my children or in my grandchildren, that they would be stopped with me. It was a powerful weekend, and I'm confident that God forgive me for the things that I had done when I was young. I tried to find Kirby Green after that. I did some searches. This is pre-Google. And I tried to find him, but couldn't find a reference for him. But thought a lot about it, what I had done. I wanted to ask his forgiveness. 
I tried again probably four or five years after that again to find no results. Ten months ago, I get a Facebook message from Herbie Green. Out of the blue. And he said, and I quote, Man, I had a great time at our class reunion. I was hoping to see you there, really. I wanted to tell you that that was a very difficult time for all of us. We were all driven by our preconceived notions of those we later found to be not especially true. Turner, please know that I hold no harsh feelings or ill will towards you. Life takes us on different journeys. I'm very happy to know of your success in life. May God bless you and your wonderful family. I pray and hope for your continued success and prosperity. Your homeroom classmate, Kurt. Reading this delivered a blow to me on a number of levels. One, it was my responsibility to approach Kirby to ask for his forgiveness, but yet he was the one that stepped up and offered this without my asking for it. And two, the realization of what I had carried all these years and its impact on myself and others around me. So, in the midst of that, I weep, I weep for joy, and I weep for lost time, too. So I write him back, almost immediately after I gathered myself. And I said, Kirby, please know how important this message from you is to me. All these years, I have borne the burden of my actions towards you with shame. I have learned deep and important lessons in my life as a result. I pray that it has made me a better man. Please forgive me for whatever harm I did to you at Baton Rouge High School. Please stay in touch. God bless you, Kurt. Soon thereafter, like the next day, I get a message back from him that says, Oh my God, I'm so very happy to hear from you, Turner. This made my day. I became really emotional as I read it. I hold no ill will towards you. Those were difficult and very stressful times for all. They were especially trying for young minds. I thank you kindly for your prayers. I will pray for you and your lovely family. Turner, God's grace lives in all of us. I know that his grace lives deeply within you. God bless you also. I promise to keep in touch. May I call you my friend. Be always blessed. Since that time, Kirby and I have been in fairly constant contact through messaging. We hadn't talked on the phone 
And we had talked about, this is 10 months ago, we talked about um, how we could meet face to face at some point. Kirby is an emergency room physician and a professor of medicine, probably one of the first blacks to graduate from LSU Medical School. Just recently retired from medicine after suffering a stroke and a fall as a result of the stroke and has a shunt and um, which doesn't seem to affect his mind at all. He speaks five languages fluently. <laughs> so we talked about getting together. And then one of the things that hit me at the very start of this, when I get Kirby's letter in response, was in the fullness of time. In the fullness of time. Which is a phrase from St. Paul's letter to the Galatians, and we use it in, in one of our Eucharists. We talk about God moving in the fullness of time. And so, Father George steps forth in the fullness of time and suggests that we do a mission trip in New Orleans. So, I'm game, and as we plan for this, I've talked with Kirby about this, and we decided we're going to get together to have coffee or dinner when we get to New Orleans. So our team goes down there, and the night, first night we get there, Father George led us in a worship, and I shared this story with our mission team. What well, it was a powerful time for them, too, to hear the story and to see that this was the time. Kirby and I were going to have coffee the next day. And so they laid hands upon me and anointed me for preparation for that meeting with him. And there was joy. Lots of joy about that. So Kirby and I had coffee the next day, just the two of us, and it was a wonderful time. It really was. One of the things that I found out there, I found out a lot about him in the process of that, was that when he first came to Baptist High School, it was his choice to come, not his parents' choice. As a 17-year-old, he made the choice to, to lead that charge against racism. His father was very much opposed to his coming, and it caused a rift within his family, but he came anyway. The other thing that I learned is that when he first came to our school in my and with classes with me, he had said to himself, now, this is a person who could be my friend about me. So what I did out of selfishness, and really not in particular against Kirby, but it certainly was against him, was even further burdened by the fact that he had seen me as a potential friend, and I had killed that right then and there. We had scheduled to have dinner following our coffee, and have Kirby and his partner were going to meet with Georgia and I, and my family, Cameron, and his family were all there. We were going to have dinner together. Well, when I told our mission team, you know, that we were, that we were going to have dinner too, 
And they were so excited about the meeting, but they wanted to meet Kirby too. So we changed the dinner re reservations from 8 to 30. <laughs> and the restaurant had a table for 30. <laughs> My sister drove down from New Orleans, and a friend from Mississippi came in. And so we had this amazing <coughs> gathering from grandchildren all the way up with Kirby and his partner in attendance there. And our mission team was so gracious, so gracious to him. This it was wonderful. Forgiveness and grace tend to be contagious. And when we see it in magnitude like this, of someone with courage and honor and character and integrity like that Kirby has, stepping forth to do these sort of things, it inspires something within us to be our best, or it does with me. And it did so with our mission team, too. Forgiveness kind of pervaded us in mercy and loving one another. It changed us and built us even tighter as a team. Now, there's a backstory to this story of Kirby and I that I learned in my communications with <coughs> This goes back 75 years from now. My grandfather was a professor at LSU and was superintendent of schools of Baton Rouge with the East Baton Rouge Parish Schools. When Kirby's mother and aunt were graduating from McKinley High School, they sang a chorus at the graduation at the commencement ceremony. And Kirby's aunt sang a portion of an operatic piece. My grandfather was in attendance as superintendent of schools at this commencement, and he was so impressed by Lenora's singing that he invited, he asked if she could come and meet him after the ceremony. I knew nothing of this growing up. So Lenora comes back and meets my grandfather, and he asked her if she'd sing a portion of what she sang again. He was moved by this and moved by this family of Lenora's that he met. That he arranged through LSU. LSU was not integrated at that time. There were no blacks attending LSU. He was so impressed by this that he arranged for LSU to pay a full four-year scholarship to Lenora to attend Fisk University in Nashville, which is a preeminent black music school in the country. So Lenora went there on an LSU scholarship. She went from there to Europe to become the first woman of color to break through and become an internationally known opera star, singing there at all the major opera houses in Europe. So my father, my grandfather, was a person of integrity and character. Something happened to me genetically along the way. <laughs> uh, uh, 
So what does all this mean? I know what it means to me. At least I know partially what it means to me as this is unfolding. I've learned to trust God and God's timing in everything. 53 years after the event, Kirby contacts me. Why? Why couldn't I contact him 20 years ago? <coughs> because the fullness of time happened 53 years after the event. I was ready for that. I was right to hear this and to accept him. Kirby was right in his life to accept this. The mission trip fell into place. Other people are impacted by it. My family is impacted by it. I tell this story because it's a, it's a deeply valuable story. I tell my grandchildren because I want them to know. It teaches me about the amazing power of forgiveness and what flows from that. How it can clear away things and make room for grace to be poured out like I have never seen before in my life. This has to raise is one of the most important events in my life. And it was none of my doing. I didn't earn this. I didn't deserve this. I didn't even ask and God opened up those doors. I emailed Kirby this week telling him that I was going to be preaching this this morning. And I get back a message from him saying, charge for it. <laughs> <laughs> so, he said, I wish that I could be there. And I said, well, we record our sermons. <laughs> and there's a link in our, from, our school, from our church website that you can go to and hear previous sermons and probably hear this one maybe by Wednesday or Thursday when it gets posted up. So, I say this now to Kirby. Thank you. Thank you for being the man that you are. Thank you for your courage. Thank you for listening to God and God's promptings to reach out with forgiveness. Thank you for your blessing. So Kirby, you're a member of this congregation now. Amen. Amen. Amen.